Hello and welcome to our weekly podcast from Faith Point Church, Auckland, New Zealand. We hope you will encounter God afresh in this week's teaching segment. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to hear more, then you can visit us at www.faithpoint.org.nz. And now for today's message. I think this morning, I wanna, all I want to do this morning is really encourage you. I really feel that, there, that there's people in the house this morning that just need to be encouraged, encouraged because we all need encouragement, yeah? And so I want to, uh, my desire and what I seek to do today, no matter what I say, is, is that you walk out of here encouraged in the Lord. Very encouraged. I, I really desire to do that. And so this morning, I, I just wanted to just make an acknowledgement that I'm, I'm really loving what um, the values that this church hold. Um, I've been working, we've been hearing different values that then Pastor James has been bringing them through and I, I, really, I really got the, the one on sonship I really love when he talked about the culture of sonship. Sonship is a building block. You need to understand that, that it's something you can build with when you know that you're a son and a daughter of God, uh, daughter um, by gender, but son by principle, yeah? So it's really important that we understand that we are sons of God and that we have a father. If we're a son, we have a father. And there's nothing that, and I really feel that this is a word for someone in here this morning, there's, you, there's nothing really more you can do to make God love you anymore. He just loves you. Sometimes we find ourselves as, as sons of God or Christians that we um, push to, to try and please God. Hey, give it up. He loves you. Stop trying to prove to God that, you, that to get his acceptance, to get his love, because everyone in this room, you need to understand that, that, um, that God loves you so much. We are, we are the ones that discount that. We are the ones that, that second-guess ourselves. And our human nature is shocking, you know. Our human nature tells ourselves stories. And we, we doubt ourselves. And we, we talk ourselves out of the promises that God has always been giving to us. But we second-guess, you know. And I'm guilty of that because, like I said the other week when I preached, is when I preach, I'm always preaching to me. So when you hear a message, you, you know I'm talking to myself. Because uh, that's, that's how I, I never want to bring anything that I uh, also am not doing or, or need to hear. Amen. So sonship, it's a building block. Son actually means build. Son means build. And so it's when, when sons know who they are, and, and I, I guess one little thing that will help us to remind ourselves of, of the word son, to keep telling ourselves we're sons of God, because we've got we to keep reminding ourselves. We slip back with human nature, we slip back into old, old habits, and then we need to realize that we are sons of God, daughters of God, sons, you know what I mean, eh? You know what we're talking about, about we're not talking about the gender here, we're talking about the principle of sons. So I'm loving what, what, what's happening. But one way to remember that is, is that sons, if, if we were to say an acronym of son, the S represents this beautiful word called submission. Everybody say submission. submission. What a beautiful word, eh? This can be taken the wrong way, but you need to understand the context of what I'm trying to say here. Submission. Sub means to come under. Come under what? The mission. The mission of the Father. So when we come into full submission, we're submitting, like that's where you get the word submarine, under water. But in, in, terms, of, in terms of sonship, or as a son, we come under the mission of the Father. What the Father desires, we desire. We come under that and when we submit ourselves to the, the mission of God, which is, we all know is, 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 it's many things. It's to win souls for Christ. It's to win people into relationship with God. Yeah? 
It is. But it's not just that. It's bigger than that. It also, the, the, the mission of God is that we experience abundant life. So, we, so we're not just uh, being people that are just all about winning souls. Winning souls don't, I'm not trying to discount that at all. It's important because many people uh, need to know who God is. Many people are falling short. Many people are going to miss out to know what it is to have the love of God in their lives. But also God desires that we have life here too, an abundant life. And it's not just, I'm not talking about money, I'm not talking about financial abundance. That, that, that's a byproduct of being obedient to God. But I'm talking about when you wake up in the morning and you just know, and you have a confidence in who God is and who you are. And then you wake up and if you're, no matter what your scenario is, that you wake up to every morning, you're happy. You're blessed. In my case with my family, I wake up, I look at my family and I'm blessed. I'm a blessed man. That's more than any money. I, I led a guide to the Lord who was, was a businessman, very successful businessman. He was one of my PT clients as, uh, when I was personal training him. Had, a, had wealth to burn, but very unhappy. And I led him to Christ in the gym. And, and in that moment, uh, this guy told me, he goes, you know, Sal, he, 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 he always talked about my relationship with my wife and my kids. And he goes, you know what? I'd give all my wealth up to have what you have. And, and, and just made me realize that that's what abundant life is. Abundant life is not just to have a whole lot of money because there's so much people that have money but are not happy. Abundant life is knowing who you are. Abundant life is when you wake up and you're confident in who you are and you, you're, you go to bed at night and you, you can rest. You're not stressed out, you know. And so um, uh, being submitted to that, that's the, that's the, 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 the favor of God and that's the, the plan of the mission of God is for us to have abundant life is to um, win people to Christ, is to be a light in the earth. And there's so many other different attributes that, that comes under the mission of God. Amen. The O represents to take ownership. This is just for you to remember so that you can keep telling this to yourself. O means to own, to take ownership of who you are. And the N, for sake of time, actually I better start my timer because I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to go over time. You know how, how it goes here. Um, and, the, and the end represents to carry the nature, carry the nature. So whenever you need to remind yourself what it is to be a son of God, know that you're submitting to the plans of the Father. Know that you have ownership, that you own this, and know that you carry the nature of the Son of God in your life. And now our role is to um, emulate Christ in the earth, which is the hope of glory. Amen. So I'm, I'm loving it. I'm loving what the, the value system, but I've got to be careful here because I'll start, I'm, I'm very passionate about sonship, but I'll start talking too much about sonship and forget what I'm here to do. And so what I want to do is, is just jump, uh, um, jump quickly uh, down, down the message into, uh, I want to talk about the, one of the last values that have been, um, that haven't really been talked too much about. We've covered sonship, we've covered prayer, we've covered the Holy Spirit, we've covered uh, um, the culture of honour. So Pastor James and, and, and Pastor Phil have been step by step been tagging all these um, um, values that we hold as a church. And the last one is a real simple one, but I want this to, res to, to just linger in your spirit this morning. Is It's this, we want to bring our best. We want to bring our best. This is the, the last of the values that we hold. We want to, as the sons and the daughters of God, want to always 
bring our best. Can I get a show of hands that believe that, that we have that same conviction? We want to bring our best. We want to arrive to the house of God bringing our best, being the best you. Not someone else being the best you. Who God's called you to be, being the best at that. What God's put in your hands, using, being the best steward of that which he's given you. If he's given you finance, if he's given you finance and you, find, you found that you're, you're in a place of great financial wealth, being a good steward of that which he has given you. Doing things well honours God and inspires people. Okay, that's the value system. We want to always bring our best. Doing well honours God and inspires people. Jesus exampled this. You know, you know the story when, his, when Joseph and Mary were hunting for Jesus when he slowly slipped away into the, into, um, uh, with all the, the scribes and the, and the teachers of the, of the law and the Pharisees and he ended up in a place learning. He was hungry. He was seeking to do his best. And then when Jesus' mother, uh, Mary, found him, he said uh, that you made us panic. Why, did you, why, why haven't, didn't you get in contact with us? And his words were, don't you know I'm about my father's business? And then the Bible goes on to say that he increased in stature and favour with God and man. He increased in favour with God and man. And so our, our call, our, our role is not just to, uh, to have favour with God, but it's also to be a light out there and have favour with man. Amen. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 12 says, I know, I know that nothing is better for them than to rejoice and to do good in their lives. And also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy, everybody say enjoy, enjoy. the good of all his labor, for it's a gift of God. That we go out and we enjoy, enjoy life. People, hear that please. Amen. We're the house of God, we're the sons of God, we should be the happiest people on the planet. Amen. Because we have something that other people don't have. We have a gift that's been given to us. We need to start to get excited about that. Come to church. Smile in church. Have the joy of the Lord on us. And, and operate in the grace of God that He's given you. The measure that He's given you. In the light of the house of God, we, seek, we should seek to turn up and bring our best. To be the best you. Psalms 92 tells us that those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of their God. They shall flourish. Isn't that a beautiful word? They shall flourish. Those who plant themselves, those who get planted in, in the family of God shall do well, shall flourish. When you're planted, your roots go down deep. That's where all the nutrients are in the soil is when you go down deep. It's not on the surface, it's, it's down deep and you, you get all the goodness. If, if I was to get, a, a, a say, a, a plum tree plant it here, then uproot it, and then take it over here, then plant it over here, then uproot it, and then take it over here and plant it. How can it, how can it grow? It cannot grow. It can't get, it can't get the, the, susten the sustenance needed or the nutrients needed to flourish. But those who plant themselves in the house of the Lord, in the reality of sun, shall flourish in everything they do. As a father, we, we seek to do our best. As a husband, we seek to do our best. If you're married today, seek to do the best. Love on your wife. Treat her with the most amazing uh, love and respect. 
I can, so I can, so I can see nudges starting to happen. <laughs> as a husband, here's a little key, guys. As a husband, change from being independent to interdependent. Okay, if there's anything you can remember, guys, remember that. Change from being independent to being interdependent. Seeking the, the wellness of her before you. And in return, what happens? It comes back to you. Pressed down, shaken together and running over, it comes back. So really seek to the, the well-being of her before you in all areas. That's a freebie. I just dropped that one. That's a freebie. A better, here's a key one, a better employee. This is huge. This is one way you can really represent God is in your workplace. Nothing worse than, than you talk to someone or someone talks to someone about you that you work with and they have a, a distorted picture or a, a hateful um, connotation towards who you are. The workplace is somewhere where we can shine for God to be the best worker, to do the over and above, to be the first there, last to leave. You know, these are all real practical and simple things, but they actually matter because people can, can conjure up um, distorted views of, of, of godliness or Christianity or, or sonship by the way we behave. And so it's really important that we, we seek to, to represent well in our workplace. A better daughter, a better wife, all these things, they all add, we seek to do our best in all these things. Interdependence is a beautiful word. When we do our best and achieve in Him or, and for Him, the kingdom of God advances. The sphere of God advances in your, in your world. It's really important. Just turn with me quickly to Matthew uh, 5.13. I want to just really, uh, and, and I, I looked into the Message Bible for this. It actually really made me understand. It gave me a better, um, better clarity about, about our, our calling and our purpose. But it's in Matthew 5 verse 13. We all know this one. It's a, quite a common scripture. But the, the, the Message Bible really gives it a good understanding, uh, the words that are chosen. And it says this in verse 13, let me tell you why you are here. Hands up, who want to know why they're here? Here, let me tell you why you are here. This is coming from the Word of God. You are here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors in the earth. Isn't that beautiful? So if, you are, if, you're not, if you've never been sure why, what your purpose is, why you're here in the earth, why you were born, you are born to, to bring God salt it's the salt of God and God colors and flavors into the earth. That's why we're here. That's why God chose you. You didn't choose him, he chose you. He chose you to, to be salt in the earth. He chose you to represent him. He chose you to, to transmit his nature into the earth. So in other words, you're here to be an extension of the nature of Christ and put on display and put on display the Father's unconditional love. How else? How else can God express Himself in the earth? Tell me, how, how else? It's got to come via 
human beings. He expresses himself through the nature, and his nature comes through people, through actions, and, and so he chose us. We didn't choose him. That's the beautiful thing I love about this, that God actually chose me, and he chose me to, to become salt in the earth, to, to spice up life, to, to spice other people's lives up, to show them that there is a better way. Oh, what an amazing purpose. You all have that. You're all sitting on that right now. That's your purpose. As you've come here, uh, you, you thought you just came here because you had an, uh, an experience, but I'm telling you now that you were actually chosen to fulfill this, this word here where it says that you are here to be salt seasoning that brings out God flavors of this earth. We are blessed. Why are we blessed? And I shared this at the prayer meeting. We are blessed because so that we can be a blessing. We're not blessed to be blessed by ourselves. We are blessed so that we can be a blessing. We are blessed so that we can, we can uh, show others how to be blessed. We are blessed so that we can, we are given abundance so that we can give into the lives of others, yeah? It's true. This is the truth. Just quickly, I'll never forget this time I... Um, where I was sharing this at the prayer meeting also, that, that God uh, blessed me. I prayed for a particular car, and I, and I, I explained to God the color, the, the, the year, the model, and the price range. And I, and I was really confident because, you know, I was only new in the Lord. I was quite a new Christian, and I was just on fire. I would just, I'd just step out and have no fear. I went to a police auction where they had all these cars, and, and I had a certain amount of money. And I'll never forget this, walking past the, the, the big roller doors of, of Turner's auctions, and you would not believe, but that very car was sitting on its own out from the, the car lot where all the cars were, but this car was sitting there on its own, the same color that I asked for. So I walked past, I spotted the car, I knew straight away that was my car. I said to my, my um, cousin that came with me, that, that's my car. I, I had the faith to believe that that's what God had set that aside for me. Anyway, long story short, we, we went through the auction process, I got the car for $50 more than what I asked, so I had to actually dig a bit deeper. Maybe that's God's sense of humor, not to give it too, too easy. I don't know. But I got the car for 2050 I need $2,000, and so I had to really dig deep to get that extra money, but we got it. And then uh, we were driving home. I had my cousin with me who was driving the other car home that we went down on, which was also mine. And I just drove away feeling really blessed, you know. Wow. Previous to this, the two weeks previous to this, uh, as we'd go to church, uh, mo most mornings on a Sunday morning, there was a new family that had just come into the house of the Lord, and he had about four or five kids, single dad, um, solo dad, and we used to drive past this and we'd always see him and his kids push start in this old Bedford van. They'd boom, 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 they'd get it started and smoke everything, that all the whole family, all the whanau would jump in, and off to church, and... Um, and I totally forgot about all that, but, you know, on my way home, just coming into Kaitaia, back to home, and then God drops that thought in me, I've blessed you to be a blessing, give that other car away. And I, I had plans for that car, because I was going to do a deal, because I was a bit of a wheeler dealer, and I had plans to do something with that other car, and then God said, no, you give that car to that family. So, with, so in, in, in complete obedience, I drove straight to the house. I rang my cousin who was behind me and said, follow me. We went around to this family's house, I, I jumped out, knocked on the door, the guy came to the door, he invited me in, really nice guy. And I said to him, look, I've come to bring you something. And he was like, okay. 
Um, I said, oh, it's outside. We hadn't even, my, my cousin was still taking all the stuff out, all my stuff. Um, Take the speakers out. No, just kidding. Um, no. <laughs> no, I didn't do it. <laughs> anyway. Okay, back on track, back on track. Um, anyway, he, uh, he, he had a look out the window. He looked straight at the car. Didn't have the vision to see that he, he, it was the last thing on his mind. I said, he goes, what? And I said, the car. And then the moment I said that, he, he just, he honestly, there's no word of it, a lie, he, he just collapsed on the ground and just started sobbing like a, like a baby, no, no lie. Well, I didn't expect that, and I was kind of like, my cousin, by that time, had came in to give me the keys, and he's, he thought I'd done something to him um, because this guy's crying on the ground, sobbing. He's looking at me, I'm looking at him going, but um, the, the thing that was really powerful about this was that um, I said to him, hey, mate, are you all right? Is everything okay? And, and he, he got up, sort of sorted himself out. And then he said, you're not going to believe this. I said, what's the problem? I said, you're not going to believe this. Me and my kids were on our knees this morning praying for a car. Wow. Whoa. You know, and I just thought, thank you, Lord, you know. That, that morning, they were praying for a car. Then I rock up and then drop a car off for them. You know, and so that just makes it, you know, when you're, when you're, you're blessed, you're blessed to bless others to be a blessing. Don't try and be, it's only stuff, it's only material stuff, you know. Be obedient to when you feel God leading you to do something, just step out and do it. Don't try and work it out, um, just do it, you know, and it's, um, and, and so it's so important that, that we become that salt. See, this, that guy will never forget that. More so because God answered his prayer instantly, within a moment. Sometimes God will do that. Sometimes God will, you know, take forever because it's, it's, it's his will. He'll do what he wants. But sometimes he'll answer like that. It was just a real blessing to be a part of that transaction that took place. And there's so many people that we've led to, to Christ, not, not so much in the church, more so out there in, in the gym. Many have come to know the Lord through the, through the gym, believe it or not, as a PT. And the, I've worked out why. It's because when I uh, became a personal trainer, I always seek to be the best personal trainer. I wanted to be the best. I used to own a gym. I, I, I knew what it was like to, um, um, I used to read people's body language and I used to make sure people would love, because the people were paying good money to be trained. And so I'd make sure that I provided everything I could to, to, to leave an impact when they walked away. And it's like that with Christ in us, that when we meet people, we need to leave an impact in their lives where, where they just know there's something about you, you know. And I always used to ask these guys that we, we led to the, to the Lord through the gym. And, and I always was curious to know why, you know. And one of the reasons why, and this could, this is, this could be controversial a little bit, but it was because I didn't say a lot about Christ, to be honest. It's because I just built relationally with these people. Sometimes, sometimes, not all the times, that's why I don't want to sort of say to, you know, make it um, black and white. But sometimes it's better not to say too much. Sometimes it's better to just live it. And they'll pick it up. These guys that I led to the Lord uh, through, through the power of the Holy Spirit leading me to do wasn't because I told them about Jesus Christ. It was because they asked me, what's different about you? Boom, door open. There it is, door open. What's different about you? Um, or ask, are you a church guy? So, oh, why do you say that? Oh, no, you just have this, this real different nature about you. 
And then, then that's when the doors open and see what, what happens there. And you need to just think about this. What happens is that when you do it that way, um, they've got to know your personality. So they know that you're a good guy before that. Because what happens is it can be a struggle. Sometimes when you tell people you're a Christian, because they have previous past hurts or maybe wounds, they, 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 they stereotype you straight away and they cut you off. Not all the time. So like I said, I'm not saying this is not concrete, but all I'm just saying is just keep that in mind. Sometimes less words is better. It's sometimes action is better. Show the love of God. Be the salt of the earth. Not necessarily, you need Jesus, you're going to hell if you don't. Well, yeah, yeah, good luck with that. Um, yeah, that won't work today, not, the, not this day and age. Um, you know, and so just something to remember. So yeah, anyway, it goes on to say, if you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? See, how will they taste? How will they taste godliness if we lose our zeal, our passion, our, our joy? It says that you've lost, your, you've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. That's the message Bible saying. In other words, you become less effective, no impact. And one thing you, that you must remember is never give away your joy. Go on to say in verse, verse 14, here's another way to put it. You are here to be light, bring out, bringing out God colors in the world. In other words, the demonstration of God's power and grace in your life. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you, do not, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? No more undercover. I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I have put you there on a hilltop and on a light stand, shine. Glow. Shine. Be. Yeah? Hear that? Be. Shine. Just be. Be Christ in the earth. Keep an open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll, prom you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Cool. So there's, 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 a, few, there's a few key points in there that we need to, to, to really take on board. And um, it's kind of like, it's really interesting, because eh? it's like the, the church of God, when we come to a place, we all know that we're called for something. We all know that we need to do our best. Um, it, it's, it's not about trying to measure up on a measuring system. It's not that type of bringing your best. It's about being the best you. Not, 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 it's it's kind of like a rugby team, you know, and I'm going to sort of finish on this. It's like the, 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 the family of God is like the All Blacks. I, I talk about the All Blacks because they're the best in the world. So that's who, we, that's who we're going to uh, uh, compare ourselves with. We're like the All Blacks. You know, the team, it's a team thing. It's a, the, the purpose of God and the kingdom of God is a team. We all are part of the kingdom of God. We all carry the purpose and the plan. It's like, you know, you think, um, you think of the, what the, what's the very first thing the All Blacks do before they, take the, before they actually blow the whistle and play? What is that? The haka. Exactly. We're like the All Blacks. Haka, to me, is like a, it's like a war dance. It's kind of like the representation of warfare. You know, before they go into battle, they have a foundation where, where they build uh, the, the momentum and the courage. And, and I, I want to um, make that parallel with, with declaration and prayer 
and spiritual warfare. That's why you need to be at these prayer meetings. Honestly, it's really powerful. If you can make it, try and get there because that's really like, like what Pastor James always tells us is that the engine room, that's the engine room of the, of the house of the Lord. When, when there's a strong foundation, it's like you're doing the haka. Who loves the haka? Yeah, I just love, I just get um, goosebumps, man, when the, when the All Blacks start the haka, you know. And I've been involved with many hakas. I've done hakas before. And the feeling it gives you is intense. It's awesome. And, so, and, then, and then also in the rugby team, you've got the game plan. And the game plan for us is like, is to get unity happening. You know what? And this is where the, 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 the enemy, the devil, just so easily disunifies the, the family of God. He's, the devil doesn't even try hard. We're too busy un, ununifying ourselves. He pokes his head into the church and we're already there. So, he, you know, he's, he's probably doing other things, not even worried about the church. This is the reality. And we need to fight for that unity. Yeah, and unity is a really, empower, a really powerful principle when it's, when it's stepped into. And it's like unity is like all moving, moving the same way, but in, in, in the grace that God's given you. Okay, that, I wanna, if we've got time after, I want to show you an example with the band about unity. Just remind me, and I'll, if it happens, it happens. If, if it doesn't, it's okay. So the game plan, moving together, same direction. Um, then we have a coach, and, 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 and so in every team you've got a good coach, and I, I see the, the coach as like the, the parables, the, the words, um, and the blueprints of, of Jesus and the Word of God is like, the, is like our coach. It's what gets us ready. It prepares us. It does the things that are necessary. But you know what? We have a captain also. And, and I see our captain as, as Pastor James is, is called to be the captain. And there's certain things that God will get him, talk to him, speak into his life and bring you know, direction for the body. But it's important that we, that we pray for our captain. Jesus is, is the overall He's the coach, he's the, he's the man, but he also appoints a captain and we need to pray for our captain. It's important, people. And then one another really uh, important thing about this team, the All Blacks, or the, the, is, is that we all have different positions. This is, this is really key. In Ephesians 4, 7, it says, but to each one, Grace was given. Each one. Each one in here. God gave you a measure of grace. And, and we understand that grace is, is God's undeserved mercy. We understand that, that grace is um, God's favor. But I, I want to, I wanna, like, like this phone, I want to turn it on a different angle. Like there's many different attributes to a phone. You can turn it from many directions. Same with grace. Grace is also the enablement of God. When, when God puts grace in your life, it enables you to do things that you could probably not do on your own. But it's by grace he, you can do that. It's like, um, it's like David, uh, you know, when he fought Goliath. He was graced. God had graced him to do what he did. He could have ran out, tripped over, before he got to Goliath, and that stone would have still found the head of the giant because God had graced him to do that. And we need to understand that, that to each one, grace was given. You have an enablement that from God given to you. And understand that you all, we all have a position in the body. And it's, and it's funny because 
I mean, in verse 11, it says that he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. And, and it goes on and it goes down and it says, but speaking the truth and love may grow up. We need to grow into this. But also understanding that, that, that we respect each other's grace. There's things that Pastor Phil has grace to do that I could never do. But that's his grace. And before, when God packaged up um, this life form called um, Phil Richardson, right back in um, 1958, <laughs> he packaged up this package called Phil Richardson. He imparted a, a grace measure and sent him into the earth. And it kind of can sound kind of airy fair, but it's not. This is how God thinks. God already has a plan for each and every one of us. And grace was given. Enablement, the ability was given to you. Some of us are sitting there, we don't understand this, and you, and you just need to understand today that, that it's, it's still there, it never gets taken away from you. It was given by God. And you need to tap into that. Because you could be sitting on something so powerful, but you think, how can I do that? It's, it's, not, it's not about how can I do that, it's about the grace that was given to you. It will, it, it will happen. It will happen. And um, um, we, we bring our best and start to operate in the measure that God gave us and the, and the kingdom of God advances. And then it goes on to say in verse 16, I'm sort of jumping down the page, um, um, just bear with me, but in verse 16 it says, from whom the whole body joined and knit together, unity, by what? This is what? By what? It says it's joined and knit together by what? What every joint supplies. So when everyone's bringing their grace and their enablement and, and what, the, what, what their joint supplies, this is what it's saying. Everything becomes joined and knit together when everyone brings their measure. Everything is, 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 is brought together. That's why Jesus said, you know, in terms on a lot of um, um, communion, it says to remember, you know, that word that came to you this morning, remember. It's like the remembering of the body, you see. It's, it's like everyone bringing their portion. God gave a piece of uh, Christ to him, Christ to her, Christ to her, Christ to all of us. We all have a measure of Christ in us. And when we remember, think of it like this. I know this might not be right, but just think of it like this. It's like a remember, remembering the body and when the body comes back it, it, it's remembered and then that's how you get the fullness of Christ it can, it can operate you see and that's how you get the unity and so it's really 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 important that we operate in, in, in our grace um, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the, the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth did you see that let me read that again. According to the effective working by which every part does its share, brings their portion, causes growth in the body. Causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. You know, and it's funny too because you think about it. You get someone like, just for an example, someone I know um, that would, you know, like in the Warriors, for an example, or the All Blacks, just, we'll, we'll talk about the Warriors. Um, <laughs> uh, 
I'll give him a bit of a plug now. Um, you know, you think of someone like David Fusatua, who you know he's, he, he can score like three or four tries just so glamorously in the corner, you know, and just sort of reaches out, touches that ball down. But then you've got to realise and understand because the hard work that it took to get that ball to the corner, you know, everyone has their, their place. You know, you think of the All Blacks, you know, remember Dan Carter and um, like Christian Cullen, like some of the good old All Blacks that, that I, I always remember, like Christian Cullen, for an example, just so skilled and so, uh, the way he scores tries, just amazing. But then you think of all the hard yards that it took and getting stomped on the head and getting kicked out the back and um, all the, the hard effort that those forwards and props, you know, having to crunch down with a whole lot of sweaty men and, 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 and all the hard work that went on. But then... This, the trial was scored and looked so easy, you know. Everyone is important on that field, like the family of God. There's not one of you in here that's not important for the building of what God wants to do here in West Auckland and nationwide and globally, I'm telling you right now. Um, we all wear the same jersey. We're all on the same team, okay? God showed me this a little while ago. We're all on the same team. Like I said, the devil coming here and he just looks in and, oh, uh, you know, they're, they're wearing different jerseys and he's gone. He's going to hassle someone else, you know. Don't let him do that. We all wear the same jersey. Um, if indeed you have, verse 21, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which was created according to God, um, the true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbour. For we um, are, are members of one another. We are members of one another, okay? We're a team. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but for what is, for what is good is necessary uh, edification, that it may impart grace into the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Awesome, eh? Can I, can I come up and... Um, I just wanted to finish on this final point here. So, you, you know, we've, 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 um, we've talked about quite a few areas. I've kind of fast-tracked the whole thing. But there's one thing that I'd save the best for last. And I really want to encourage this for all of us. And then this that really that will help you to be encouraged is you also got to remember when there's a game of rugby or a game of league, you need to understand this, that there's two halves. And so I feel that there's people in here that have, you might have thought to yourself, you know, man, I've been a whatever. I've been, I haven't been doing, I've been really silly with the way I've, I've journeyed out the things of God. I should have done it this way. I, maybe I, 
maybe I've missed the mark here. Maybe I haven't lived up to what I said I was going to do. Maybe I've blown it with my kids. Maybe there's all sorts of maybes. But I want to encourage us this morning that there's two halves. And God's word says that your latter day shall be greater than your former. Yeah? And I want to just to say to you that I believe that God is saying to us this morning that, that no matter what your, what your first half was like, and no matter what age you are, that your second half is going to be greater than your first half. And so we've been through all that stuff. Like, there's so many things I would I'd love to have changed in my my um, former years. Even as a believer, I've done some silly things. I'm the first to admit it. But one thing I get encouraged is, is that, you know, I've, I can learn from all that. And then it's not too late for me to change and to put things in place so that I can be the second part of my life and the second part of my journey in the kingdom of God can be far greater than what it was in the earlier. So that's, I just want us to all stand and I'm going to ask Pastor Phil to come up as well. And and uh, again, I just really had seek to just encourage us all this morning and that we walk out empowered uh, into, into your week this week and just know that there's a second half. You don't have to worry about don't stress over what you've done, if, if it's bad or whatever. God's grace is sufficient. God's love is unconditional. He's the God that is that I call the God of the, um, like, irrespect. Irrespect of who you are, irrespect of what you've done, irrespect of where you've failed, God will always step in. Because why? Because He's a father. And fathers do that for their children. They go over and over and above. If you're thinking, you know what, I'm like in my fifties, my sixties, my seventies, or whatever age you are, hey, don't let the age be a num- uh, don't let the age be a barrier. It's only a number. You can just start living from now if you want, if you choose to today. The Bible says, and then like carries on in that Psalms 92, that those who are planted in the house shall flourish in the courts of their God or our God and they shall still bear fruit in old age. It doesn't sound like retiring to me. They'll still bear fruit in their old age. In other words, that, that even, even though you're old, oldish, um, <laughs> be careful there, Sal, be careful. <laughs> oldish, more wiser, <laughs> um, it can start from today, and you could live a, a life full of abundance, and all the things that you might have thought you have lost can be restored back to you today.